On September 8th, 2015, the first episode of Set Lusting Bruce was released. To celebrate our anniversary month, I plan to put out a new episode every day this month. During this month, I would like to share feedback from my listeners. If you have any thoughts, questions, or comments for me or any of my guests, please send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail at 469-249-2442. If you're not part of our Patreon group, please think about supporting the podcast by making a small monthly donation. Starting at a dollar a month, you can help me continue to spread the power and magic of music. Everyone who joins gets a personal thank you card from me and a set Lesting Bruce sticker. Depending on your level, you can get early access to episodes and unedited videos of my discussions with guests. During this month, I'd love to get some new reviews on iTunes and other podcast players. If you haven't rated the podcast before, please go to wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating, hopefully five star, and let people know why you love the podcast. Hope you enjoy this month of episodes, and now on to the show. Bruce, and this is maybe more true for the River Tour, the first River Tour, if anything. Sometimes the set list changes a lot in the very beginning of a tour also, where he's trying to find a show. Sometimes his shows don't, his tours don't begin fully formed, right? Like the rising was born fully formed. And uh, this tour was born fully formed. If you look at those early river shows, he had wreck on the highway early in the first set. Right. He had, you can look, but you better not touch in the first set as well. And, and so like he would bounce back and forth all over the place. So sometimes it's been a matter of Bruce and the band finding what works and finding something cohesive as opposed to this is the show that's it, it hasn't always been that way but then once he gets on a once it gets rolling it's pretty much been a structured set same thing with darkness if you look at the first few shows if you look at buffalo at the shea theater in 78 it's not the same set that he was playing a month later Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lesson Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Joining me is a return guest, though I feel like it's this is our third time because Mike was on my podcast, then I was on his podcast. We've discussed. Mike, welcome back to the podcast. The funny thing is that the last time we did this, I said, welcome to the podcast. And you said to me something like something to the effect of, thank you for joining me. And I'm like, wait, buddy, you're joining yeah, me because you're so used to being in the pilot seat. It and is. I'm that so is used true. to being in the pilot seat <laughs> that this is like culture shock for both of us. And we both think we're the host. 
He absolutely is. And I will tell you, Mike, it is so often where I will, without thinking, like, I'll go, okay, and I'll try to close, like, with the, the other host is looking, okay, this is my podcast, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, if you want to know about Mike's journey and his previous work, there's, I will include a link to the old podcast, previous podcast, but we are specifically talking about the 2023 tour and the quote unquote static set list brouhaha and i woke up this weekend first was crushed that jimmy buffett had left the pain plane but mike had sent me a message saying hey jesse i wrote a few things about bruce and the tour i hope you check it out and if you think it's worth please share it and I read it, and I truly thought it was one of the best documents about this current tour that I've read. And I immediately tweeted this out. It's gotten tons of retweets. There's been tons of dialogue, good and bad, people who agreed with your thoughts, people who disagreed with your thoughts. 99% of them have been respectful for the debate back and forth, don't you feel? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think for the most part, most people are in agreement. And even if you're not, even if you're not, it, it has been respectful and where it has been. And if somebody's challenging the ideas yeah. that I'm putting forth, I've gotten back to them. If I, within reasonable, because my phone's been blowing up for the past two days. Yeah. Thank, thank you very much, Jesse. <laughs> this begins with, I, I didn't tell you this. And yeah. I didn't tell you this in the minutes leading up to hit before you hit record, but no. you don't know this, but this was not planned. And this kind of begins with you because during the, at the beginning of the weekend, I woke up and I don't know if it was Friday morning or Saturday morning. It was one of those days. It was either Friday morning or Saturday morning. And I'm like half asleep and I'm looking at my phone and I'm just scrolling Twitter and you posted something. You posted a concert review from my home, my from my state. Yeah. Uh, and it was the obvious. This is a writer that I want to keep nameless because he's probably the biggest hack that's ever written about music in New Jersey. And he's known as such. But and that's about as negative as I'll go. But okay. I tweeted something to you in response to it. Yeah. I said, you know what? And I immediately deleted it before anybody saw it or responded to it. I just deleted it. I said, you know what? Yeah. I this is like six months coming. I got to do this. I'm I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write this thing. So I owe it to you. You I, put it out there, and you got a lot of caused me a lot of traffic in the last couple of days. But I thank you for that. And I also have to thank Jay Lustig, who did the same thing on Facebook for me. And he's a yeah. guy that occasionally I I'll do like occasionally I'll do like a concert review or, or something, or he'll he's printed some of my interviews and podcast episodes and things like that. I got to thank both of you guys. Thank you. So I, I want to get into it. I am going to try to put devil's advocate on, and then okay. we're going to discuss. Okay. The, I like devil's advocate. Yeah. The perception among a very small but vocal minority is that Bruce has broken a unwritten contract with us. One, he didn't price the tour at cheaper than market value 
which he's always done in the past. He's forgotten himself. Two, he has now stopped being giving us a different set list every night. And so it has now become, quote unquote, the static set list. And that because in he's always, and I'm going to use the word always, mixed up the set list that when I bought, and I'm using the Royal I, bought tickets for five shows, I could make the assumption that I would get five unique shows. And because I'm not getting five <laughs> unique shows, Bruce has therefore cheated me. He has done this personally because he hates me or he has dementia or he is too old or he's just turning it in. And I don't want to hear BS about a story. He's just old washed up Bruce because he's not doing what I want him to do. Now I got a little sarcastic there, Mike. <laughs> Just a little bit. No, I like the thing. I like that you brought up the story. He's telling a story, and you're gonna and you're defending his story. And you're the one guy. I remember one person said something to the effect of another fan bending over backward to defend the story. I'm like, no, yeah. man. I wanted. Uh, all right, I was standing up straight. I was standing upright. I wasn't bending over backwards. I did it quite. Right. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say there. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, 
you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Yeah, you have often in sports talk shows, a guy will call in or a gal and say, I've done the research. And we'll say, this team always does poorly after a Monday night game. Or this guy, after an injury, does this. Or this person really is poorly after being on the injured reserve or with runners in uh, scoring position. You decided that, okay, how much of this is BS that he's always changed the set list? Now, I joked years ago after the rising that and magic that little Steven always says, oh, we play the first song and then we rip the set list apart and then we could go whatever. And that's just not true. We were getting outlaw Pete like all the time as the opener during the working on a dream. Yeah, there there are. And I used to say 60, 70% of the set list stays the same. He just shuffles it around. But you've done the math, haven't you, Mike? It's funny that you say that because I actually, I could be wrong in some of this because I haven't done the math. I haven't done, like somebody said, great research. I didn't do any research. I'm one of those people that, Mary Lou Henner from Taxi. I don't know. It's like this where like these people can remember every single day of their lives. So I remember dates. And I remember, so I like this is like knowledge that's just like these useless Mm -hmm. facts that sit in my head about Bruce for like my entire since I was okay. I could recite the set lists of any given show that I've been to. But that said, I think there's that one thing that we talked about in the last the last time we spoke. He always does the first leg of the tour with a structured set and then once the entire first couple legs once the entire like europe has seen it the states has seen the show maybe like the, the following january he goes to australia but the tour has already been going on like a year only then does he really start to go get adventurous really adventurous by the time he's come back to europe from europe the second time but historically bruce and this is maybe more true for the river tour, the first river tour, if anything, sometimes the set list changes a lot in the very beginning of a tour also where he's trying to find a show. Sometimes his shows don't, his tours don't begin fully formed, right? Like the rising was born fully formed. And uh, this tour was born fully formed. If you look at those early river shows, he had wreck on the highway early in the first set. Right. He had, you can look, but you better not touch in the first set as well. And and so like he would bounce back and forth all over the place. So sometimes it's been a matter of Bruce and the band finding what works and finding something cohesive as opposed to this is the show. That's It, it hasn't always been that way. But then once he gets on a, once it gets rolling, it's pretty much been a structured set. Same thing with Darkness. If you look at the first few shows, if you look at Buffalo, at the Shea Theater in 78, but it's not the same set that he was playing a month later. And one of the things I want you to talk more about that is for many old school fans, 
darkness is the peak Springsteen live experience. Now, as someone who didn't see him live till 2002, I will never buy that because I just, I think he has such a wide diversity now that it's not true. But there are many old school fans that believe that this was the apex. And you said, but if you start looking, he didn't switch things up a lot once he got his once he got his groove, did he? Here's what it is. Not everybody like I, I realize that I'm the oddball when it comes yeah. to memory. Yeah. Well, again, useless information and useless facts and things that 99.9% of everybody we know does not memorize. Memorize it whether I like it or not. So when I talk about the facts of darkness on the edge of town, most people hang on to an idea. They hang on to a memory out of nostalgia. It's the good right. old, it was their youth. They were young. They had all this energy. They had the entire, like they had their entire lives in front of them. Yes. Uh, Friday night still mattered. The whole idea of the river. You work all week leading up to the, out in the street. The whole idea yeah. of Friday and Saturday night mattered. So I think people romanticize the darkness tour. And 20 years ago, I made a set. I might've said that, hey, that's sacrilege. Like, how dare you say that about darkness? How about, how about, you know, what, 78 was his peak? Or, yeah. I look at more, I look at it more as building blocks because when you realize what happened from 2008 to 2016 or 17, because he went to Australia and technically he finished out the tour there, but when you assess the last 23 years since the reunion tour, that was act two. He had a whole nother career after that. You can wrap up the story of the E Street Band in two halves, everything up to the reunion tour and everything after the reunion tour. If we, yeah. we yeah. exclude that block of the 90s, <clears throat> yeah, 20 and years, 23 years since, it's a whole nother career. He's ready for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame again. That's it's That was the halfway point. Yeah, um, and he I wish- again. He peaked yeah. again in 2016. I wish I could remember who said this. And because I quote this fairly often, Mike, I had a guy on- that said he was at the reunion tour and he thought this is it yeah this is it man it's never going to be better than this this is the peak maybe they'll tour every once in a while like as an oldie act but my fandom of bruce springsteen has hit its apex and he says i want to go back to that guy and say you don't know what you've got coming you've got the rising you've got wrecking ball you've got magic you've got bruce on broadway you have an autobiography you have worldwide tours coming and it's halftime it's not the end of the show (laughs) it's halftime yeah 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 and another thing is like by by the time we got to 2016 it was just i remember he was like how old was he in 2016 he was was 73 now so that was seven years ago all right so he was still in his mid-60s i remember thinking like he's peaking now never mind 78 he's okay so again other than the sacrilege quote unquote there's no reason to continue saying that 78 was his peak now there are people that know that they're they're older than us and they're saying, well, you know what? You have no clue because you weren't there and we were. Well, great. I You, you got to honor that because, look, we weren't there. I'm yeah. not saying no, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying objectively that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band 
in 78, these were building blocks. If you look at a building going up, so the building was about a quarter of the way complete. 2016 was like putting the antenna on top of the Empire State Building. It was like the crowning zenith of everything that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band were. It was like their victory lap. And it was just like they they could hardly have been that band in 1978 because they were pushing an album and they were focused on the Darkness album. And there were, again, the, there were seven members. Now there, what, what is it, like a 15, 16, 17 piece band now. And it's just like this monster, this wall of sound, this this physical force of energy that is just dwarfs the, the sound that was coming out of the PA at the Capitol Theater in 78. It was, I'm sure it was much more, it was a lot more raw and it was much more physical because you had that exuberant of youth, man. And you had that, that they were hungry and they wanted to conquer the world. And there was that anger and rage in Bruce's voice. And there's that. And that's what darkness has over right now. But teen, man, that was, so I, I get what, so like, oh, I want 20, I want 2016 to, to not end. I want it to go on forever. And I think people forget, and I've had a couple people who are close enough to know that 2016 was the tour that wasn't supposed to happen. I've heard from people close by that said, okay, we've got this box set. What do we do to try to promote it? Okay, if we're going to do a few shows, we might as well, if we're going to do a couple of shows, you might as well do a few more shows. And all of a sudden you end up going Australia, New Zealand, all over the world. And I do not, I do want to remind people that there were... People complaining that he was doing the river in its entirety and not shaking it up. And then when he went to Europe and he stopped doing the river, there were people complaining, oh, my God, if I'd known he wasn't going to do the river, I would have flown over to U.S. to see the whole river. Yeah. Let me fix what I said, though, because when I said 2016 as quote unquote unquote, peak. Yeah. And remember, I say second peak. Yes. Uh, I'm not including those that that first half where he was doing the river because right. that was the river and people bought tickets. And if you had a problem with the river, that was your problem. But I'm talking right. about like what happened after the, he came back. Last, and I'm talking about August and September of 2016. When I got lucky enough, Mike, to be at the second Met Life show that lasted almost lasted four hours, ended with the couple getting engaged Right. To Jersey Girl. I was at that show. And I will tell you, they just, Aaron just recently on his YouTube channel had put together fan footage and put the official release and showed the four hour show on video that he had edited. And that was a hell of a show. It's the only Bruce Springsteen show I've ever attended, Mike, that when the last load of Jersey Girl ended, I said, I'm done. Yeah. I don't want another song. That was so perfect. I would be disappointed if he came out and played another song. Every other time I'm like, oh, one more. I was like, I was sated. Everybody's talking like I'm reading a lot of things about that last night at the Madeline when he did like the first 90 minutes. Yeah. Everything was from the first two albums. Yeah. And that was a great night. That was like that. That would be the best. Look, that second Madeline show that you were just talking about that ended with Jersey Girl. I don't, 
after that, it was just like, he's not topping this man. He's not, look, everything else is going to be, this is it. I, I've had every die happy moment I could possibly have. All of my bucket lists has been fulfilled in terms of what I've wanted from this guy. You know what I mean? And it's, I'm, I'm just, no matter what it is, you're going to be talking about, people are going to be talking about 2016. And sure enough, here we are. No, you know what? This is 2023. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it. It's kind of arms around it, man, because yeah, yeah. To use the sports analogy, you can't get the 84 bears again. You can't get the early 90 Cowboys again. You can't, you have to understand. So I did want, we've talked a little bit, but share if you would, you've talked about your motivation writing the article. So share a few, if you want to some summarize it, go for it, my friend. In terms of what aspect of the idea that it if one and first off, give the title of the article. All right. So when I wrote this, you you have to ask yourself, like, all right, by nature, I'm very sarcastic. So that was my first mistake in writing this. So I had to go back and redact a lot of things and just rewrite things. Like, what tone am I trying to establish? Mm -hmm. And I thought long and hard, man, about this title. Somewhat, you know, pointing my finger a little bit, poking people a little bit. When it's, ah, do I really want to use this title? I use a really basic title. So you want to get people's attention. You want to get people to read the damn thing. You do. You no. Know? Yeah. But again, I, I knew maybe... It would ruffle some feathers. They're really, like you said, there's really only a small handful of people that seem to have, I don't think anybody's really offended over it, but a lot of people are proving my point in their reactions to it. I think Facebook, for the most part, has been all positive. Twitter, Twitter, you have a few characters, you know, but, um, you know, so it, it there was one guy that I got back to and he wasn't mean. He wasn't nasty. He wasn't sarcastic. And he, he just said, all of a sudden, what, we're not fans. You get to decide who's a fan and who's not and who's less of a, I said, no, I'm not saying by any means that somebody's less a fan or just for having an opinion. All I'm, the whole point of the article is just to get a little bit of context of history because nobody's looking at the history. Nobody's looking at the timeline. And the timeline says that uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band have always played a structured set list, all the way back to at least the Darkness Tour. Now, I can't account for those early shows, those early tours, like the Chicken Scratch Tour and all that stuff, Born to Run and this stuff in 74 and all the stuff pre-Max. I can't account for that stuff. But we know that every new album and every new tour begins with a vision. And Bruce has always had a vision. And he wants to get that vision across to the audience. And so usually for the first leg or two, he pretty much sticks to that vision. Until he goes out, he ventures off into Europe and he comes back. And then he does his, you know, what many call the victory lap in the summer of 81 after he came back from Europe. He went to the Europe. He, he did a full scale tour of Europe for the first time when he came back into that second U.S. tour. But uh so the main point of the article was just established that this is nothing new. And why are people making a big deal about this now? Were they saying this, they're in a Tunnel of Love tour? It was like Tunnel of Love was the same show every night, give or take, maybe Boom or, or Be True. 
or if you like he did five shows at the garden and he brought out like I, I can't I don't even remember now, but I know he did a quite a few he shook it up at the garden a little bit. But if you saw a show in St. Louis and then he was playing maybe Detroit three days later, you were gonna get the same show. The same thing with the rising for the most part. So that was really the point of the article. The, the, it wasn't really to judge anybody or to say anybody's less a fan, because that's not what I'm saying at all. And I didn't even, not even close. For the most part, I think people are pretty responsive to it in terms of positivity. A lot of people are saying, thank you for writing this, because this is something that had to have been said. I think I'm just, just like summing up what people are thinking and just documenting that and getting it out there. So we have something that states the history, the timeline of their concert history that says this is not the first time that they've had a structured set list. And I th that's what I loved because I have said that I am okay with someone being disappointed that we're not getting more wild cards. I understand that. I do think the person who pre-bought the digital downloads from Nugs in advance for the U.S. and European tour have a right to go back and go, hey, guys, uh, this is almost the same show every time. I want my money back. But and this is where people get unhappy is I don't think you should be angry at Bruce. I can understand being disappointed, but to be angry and then say, I see people on social media, come on, Bruce, aren't you tired of this? Why aren't you changing it? In fact, someone blocked me because I argued against that. I just don't understand that anger because it. We, he always picks what he wants to do. Thoughts? Yeah, I think we have a lot of mutual followers, people that we follow and people that yeah. follow us back. And I can almost guess <laughs> who that is. Yeah. Because uh, we see a lot of the same people every day on, on Twitter. Yes. And But there are a few characters. Yeah. <laughs> Will we ever get I, tracks look, too? I, I would love, there's nothing, I would love, I love like the next guy to get Jungle Land or whatever it is that you want to hear or, or to hear, to go into a show and not know what you're going to get. But I'm saying that 95% of the Bruce Springsteen shows I've gone to, I know exactly what was coming next. You know, in fact, one of, one of the, my favorite things to do is to bring somebody to their first show and I'll be like, hey, Badlands is next. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Trapped, trapped is next. But yeah. <laughs> Because spontaneity and the amnesia of Springsteen fans, that's, I think that's what hit a chord with me is the idea that what, if this is not that unusual. The other issue I have, and this is where I wish people would understand, is everyone has different songs that they would drop off the set list and songs they'd add. Yeah. This isn't a universal, like someone was talking, they were thrilled that trapped came. And I went trapped to me, just another cover song. 
yeah, right. about this. Like I love trap, and I didn't like I, I was I saw I put the last show, so I got Jungle Land the other night, but I didn't get trapped. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. walk out pissed off at Bruce. I didn't get trapped tonight. So what? Yeah, I and got fifty billion other times. Right, and and I got if I was the priest in both Houston and Austin, I feel like I've won the lottery. There are yeah. so many other songs I want. I got to hear him do I was a priest lies. Okay, like I'm not betting anymore. And it the the frustration is on this vocal to me, this vocal minority is they kept also this will change. Once he's doing two shows in one city, right. you, he's gonna change it up. And then the thoughts of well, he knows that multiple people go to both shows. So how dare he not change? Okay, but 80% of the show, 90% are people who are different every night. I, I think he's going to thin out as like the next, if he's doing, he's out, he, he just reannounced, he announced Philly, the makeup dates in Philly for right. August 24th. Right. Which means that he's still going to be on the road. He's not going to take a year off and just do those two no. shows. He's going to be on the, right. he's going to probably go yeah. back to Europe in the spring. I wouldn't be surprised if there's Australian dates in January. Yeah. It'd be great for them. There, so the tour is going to go on another year. Let's hope that it does. If everything right. goes well and everybody stays healthy, just as scheduled. And we talked about this back in March. We said, let's everybody take a deep breath, step back. Summer's going to come. He's going to be doing stadiums. He's going to do a fall leg through the states. That he will start changing it up a bit. And he's starting. The dynamic has changed a little bit, right? He's not opening with no surrender. It, granted, it's third. If I wanted to complain, you know what I, you know what, if I had to complain about something, I'm not, like Lonesome Day yeah. is not my favorite opener, but I'm not out there saying, oh, fuck, Lonesome Day, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> it's just, hey, all right, this is the start of the show. This is the ride's beginning. Great. The other thing, Mike, is the idea of, <laughs> I wondered, and no one is bringing this up, but I will bet a dollar that there is someone who is there at the show the other night that are going, damn, I didn't get to hear I'll see you in my dreams. I've been right. wanting this whole tour <laughs> to see that. if I want to. I've been waiting for my show. dream. And I picked show. the one show he doesn't do. Yeah. I the, Reminded me, my first eight shows, I'd never seen Thunder Road. Just worked out he had never played thunder road on my a show i'd seen and so he played it the first time and back then was the tour when he was either doing thunder road or dream baby dream like on the pipe organ oh five yeah and yeah. i never saw him do dream baby dream every time i went he did thunder road i'm not going to complain getting thunder road but yeah. i would have loved to see dream baby dream yeah you you pays your tickets, you buys your tickets, you take your chances. Yeah, I'm now wondering, did he do Thunder? He did Thunder Road. Yeah, he did Thunder Road Sunday, and yeah. uh, and and you and me both got Detroit medley. Yes, really? yeah, I did yeah. in Dallas because they had <laughs> so crazy. many people without with COVID. Susie was out. Little Stephen was out. Patty wasn't there. This was, and so they were like, so he said, Dallas, this is just for you. And he did the Detroit medley, and I'd never seen it live before. So it was a fun little, oh, that was great. Yeah, that was, I, and I think he's going to go, he's going to go to Philly. Philly's 
Philly's off until next year, but he's going to yeah. go to the West Coast and he's going to do, is he doing West Coast dates in the fall? Yes, I have one in Arizona, November 30th. Oh, I know. Whole, there's a whole nother tour coming up. Yeah. yeah he'll switch and, it up. A yeah, little. I think so. But the other thing I want to get your thoughts on, and I'll let you defend that. I saw a couple of people like, now what do you think about your story, Jesse? You seem happy with the new set list. And I'm like, I've been consistent. <laughs> I don't care what the guy plays. <laughs> That's my issue is whatever he picks to play, I'm going to be happy. What do you got to say for yourself? You think he was going to stick to a structured set and now he played five different songs. One person was like, yeah, Bruce Springsteen did not go crazy and change the whole set list. He only did five. And I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. The person that, that like the naysayer mm -hmm. was like, why are why is the media making such a big deal that Bruce Springsteen turns his set upside down and guts <laughs> the whole thing? And this and listen, yeah. but let's put that in perspective too, because I'm going to play devil's advocate now. All yeah. right, he didn't do anything so revolutionary. Big like he played Jungle Land. He's played Jungle Land his whole career. Like he he went many years without playing Jungle Land. He went many years without touching Rosalita. Yeah, you know I mean? and and when Bruce played Rosalita in three. On the last night of the 92 tour with the other band, it was headline news. It was like, are you kidding me? So because he adds Rosalita to the set or the Detroit medley, I remember like one headline was like, Bruce Springsteen plays Spirit in the Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Right. Like it, this was like a staple for years. Yes. And so when and you know it's bad when it becomes a headline because Bruce plays Spirit in the Night. You know what I mean? So I don't think what he did was all that revolutionary. I think anything for a headline, people are making content out of nothing, much ado about nothing. But to those people that were like, what do you say now, Jesse? Yeah. What do you say now, Mike? I, I, I say exactly what my article said, that New Jersey does not get much special treatment except for the extra few classics that he adds. And that's exactly what I wrote. Right. And that's exactly what he did. He added Jungle Land, he added Spirit, and he added Detroit Medley and, and the obligatory Jersey Girl, and well, which I love them for. But uh, and not like he, any big revolutionary change, but yeah, it's a incremental change, which is expected. Right. And then Europe gets born in USA a lot. And Darlington County. Yeah. What is it with that? I, I can't relate, but it's... Yeah. What's a, what, what is it with Europe and Darlington County and working on the highway? I got nothing. Two hearts. Very cool. That's that's that was a little yeah, bit out right. there. Yeah, it isn't like he did North of Nashville, Hitchhiker or like yeah, he didn't do a trilogy from like, Western yeah. <laughs> Stars. You go, that would be holy I crap, would love, man. I would love oh. if he pulled something out from Western Stars. Like yeah. He did that with the band. Oh, I would love that, too. I don't right. care if. Yeah, it's Tucson Train, which is one of my favorite songs. And Steven did a version of it. But I, that would be just a blast. That would be a yeah. lot of fun. Are you going to any more shows on the tour? Nothing. Remember when we talked back in March? Yeah. I was like, man, I'm just blowing this whole leg off because it's the first leg. And historically, yeah, uh, I'm just going to wait till the stadium. Yeah. A week later, a week later, I was in Belmont. So I went to, I saw that show. It was, yeah. it was the same beginning show that just the very beginning of the tour. Yeah. No, I'm done. I'm done. Maybe if he comes back here a year from now, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not traveling. It's just yeah. kind of, I'm, I'm at peace, man. I've seen my best Bruce shows.
And it's if I see it, if I see it. But yeah, I said that in 2016. I said, you know what, tonight, if, if tonight was my last Bruce show, I would, I'd be fine with that. It's, and that's not in terms of, let me rephrase that before somebody has my head. It's, I wouldn't be fine with it, but it, in terms of set list, man, I'm spoiled, man. I, 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 Bruce Springsteen fans are spoiled. New Jersey fans are more spoiled. And I'm spoiled, man. I'm the first and, person to say that. And I do think that's a beautiful thing to say because I want to stress I I am not saying you're a bad fan if you are complaining about the set list. I'm saying I think you're unrealistic and I think you I like how you put it you may be forgetting things. I also I hated to be morbid. We lost we keep losing musicians. Yeah. We keep losing and and you no one's caring that they wouldn't care about the set list if Jimmy Buffett was coming back or Prance right. or Bowie or Lennon. Right. And I know that's morbid, but just I think sometimes it needs to be your mind when you're thinking of it. OK, may, maybe I need to think a little bit more about this. Let me say this. And I'm speaking, I'm speaking as a fan. I'm speaking as a fan from New Jersey. And I'm speaking on behalf of every fan out there. I'm speaking whether, again, there there's a political divide now. But I'm speaking for everybody. I'm, one of the things that always stuck with me that Bruce said very early in his career, two things. One, don't forget who you are, man. You got it, it, the minute you look out into that audience and you see those kids out there and you don't see yourself, you're done. You got the, they, those, those kids out there are going to be able to look on that stage and see themselves. All right. And the other thing that stuck with me is that I'm here in, and I'm just going to paraphrase because I don't know, I'm just going to say offhand, I'm here tonight in Cleveland and uh, I rocked really hard last night. I gave it everything I had last night. I'm going to take tonight off. I'm just going to phone it in because Detroit really got a great show, man. And his attitude is, you know what? That kid in Cleveland worked his ass off for the past month to save up for these tickets. Tonight's his one night. You're traveling all over the world. This is every night for you. This is his one night. So you go up there and you play like your life is dependent on it. You know what I mean? So that's his one show. So my attitude as far as what I meant in that article that I wrote is that, and if it ruffles the fans of New Jersey's feathers, then so be it. We don't deserve better, as that one writer put it, that the journalist who wrote that review about the MetLife yeah. Jersey deserves better. Tell that to the kid in Atlanta that's seeing his first show or Barcelona or Hamburg or wherever else. You know what I mean? Oh, this is only Atlanta. No, it's not only Atlanta. These kids, there's 20,000 people in this arena. Yeah. You know what I mean? That are giving their lives, given their lifelong fans. There's people here out of curiosity that are seeing their first show. You know what I mean? And he honors that every night. No one city is less than the other to Bruce. That's the great thing is he does not. Look, Jersey's gotten some great shows. Philly has gotten some great shows. Does he favor those cities? Maybe just a little bit. Historically, Philly has always gotten the fever. But the chance of getting the fever somewhere in the Midwest is very slim. I know that. And he knows that and that. And that's the type of thing I'm talking about. Like, why should Jersey get? a completely different show and like why should jersey not get the same show that rome got or paris yeah 
Mike, for example, in Austin, we got Cadillac Ranch. And very appropriate for Austin, Texas. Absolutely. Right? Very geographic in his set list, too. Yeah. (laughs) But people are like, one of my big disappointments is he was set. One of my things I wanted to hear, this is your sort. Just I wanted to hear it so bad. Yeah, you're like really championing that song. I just love that song. And he was going to do it in Houston. And Tom Morello said, oh, wait, we're in Houston. Scratch and did Seeds. Last time I was in Houston, he opened with Seeds. Yeah. Last time he was in Houston, he opened with Seeds. So I was like, dang it. But there were people thrilled that they got Seeds. It is. I just am lucky that I'm there and I'm hearing Bruce and it's all good. Yeah. Spontaneity and amnesia of Springsteen fans is available. I will include the link in the show notes. People don't uh, take this article so seriously. Yes, but it's not meant fun. to be personal. Just chill yes. out and just realize that this is nothing new. Yeah. Um, yes. And Mike has written multiple books, but Autumn and Everything After, The Murder of John Lennon, Evolution of Bruce Springsteen, and The Birth of the Reagan Era is That's one of his books. the only extensive book ever written on the river period. <laughs> yeah. So I, it is on my list to read. I can't wait. In fact, when I read it, I may call you and, hey, let's do a book report. So <laughs> well, anything else? One third about it. One, one third of that book is about Bruce. One third of it is about John Lennon's murder. And one third of it is about the backdrop of the 1980 election. And then I have, there's a lot of political stuff. So that's another conversation. Oh, that sounds so, great. Yeah. It Any, ties into today too. Yeah, I bet. Any other thoughts you want to share before we get out of here? No, I just want, I, I wish that people would just put the set list into perspective. That's, that was my one wish is that, and yeah. I even put that in the thread. I said, hopefully this gives some much needed perspective on the whole thing. If you're not a fan of the set list, great. I, you deserve, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. And you're totally, I, I've got nothing to say about that. Nobody should. That's your opinion and great. More power to you. But just, just know that it, this is nothing new. This is uh, part of Bruce's history, and it's great. Absolutely. All right. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? Uh, you could find, I guess, a backlog of old interviews and articles on DoricoUntitled.com. Okay. I've got a book coming out in November, which I guess really makes no sense to plug now because it's like in two months from now. Okay. With that, Come it's- back on and plug it. Well, the book's going to be called, uh, yeah, it's going to be called And the Cathedral Fell to the Grounds, The Lonesome Death of Rock and Roll. Ooh. And that's a mouthful. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, (laughs) uh, yeah, let's let's have you on to plug it. Sounds great. All right, Mike, as always, I love visiting with you. We always have a blast. We always have fun. Yeah, and thank you. I will I will keep you posted. Listeners, yeah, go check out Mike's book. Go check out the article. Just just enjoy. I think if you put down to just be happy for a few minutes and enjoy what you're getting and and give the person who's going to pee during kitties back a break. They may have a small bladder. I'm going to end with that. Are there people using kitties back as the pee break? Yes. And there was a oh, whole, see, that's sacrilege. There that's was a sacrilege. whole thread of that on that's Twitter. Sacrilege. Like out there. <laughs>
There wait, we go. Wait, wait, let me ask you this really quick. Yeah. Really, quick. we we should no. start a thread about this. Yeah. Pee break song. Do you have a pee break song? So my wife asked <laughs> on the river because I went to four of those shows. She goes, "Were you bored?" And I'm like, "The songs I really liked." I liked the really songs. I don't, I am not a fan of Ramrod. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, got I don't dislike it. I, I always peed at Ramrod on the river. It's kind of ponderous, man. It's like, and yeah. he's really slowed it down over the years. So it yeah. just ponders. On and my by the way, I know I've been on vocal that I am not a jungle land fan. And I was in my wife's car that has E street radio and it came on the other day and I listened to it and I decided that if I could get a version without lyrics that was just an instrumental, I think it truly would hit one of my top 20 Springsteen songs. It would maybe even top 10 because musically it is absolutely epic. I just don't, the lyrics don't do anything for me. It doesn't paint me a picture, but the melody and the different changes of the tempo and the music and the, obviously the sax solo so i'm like I, I need to find a version of it with no lyrics and listen jungle land you're talking yeah yeah, that, uh, yeah. the big word for jungle land that i've always heard in terms of the big adjective for, for jungle land has always been sim cinematic yeah right? yes it's got that feel yeah. it's got you almost want to hear leonard bernstein take his take on it oh yeah yeah that, that's on the that's big good. 70 millimeter <laughs> it's, it's yeah that majestic yeah yeah but, all right my friend Take care. Be safe. Listeners. Absolutely. You Thanks be again. Safe, be care. Talk to you soon. Goodbye. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Fed Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.